Hey, Waz, you sound different. Oh, I know. Okay, great. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the uh, uh, Edmonton Streamer Community Cast. I'm going to get it wrong one of these days. Today's not that day. Um, I'm here with Waz, as usual, and I'm also here with Snackless, who also has a real human name, but that will remain a secret. Say hi, Snack. Hi. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to be talking about charities, uh, chief of which is going to be Extra Life, because that's the one that's sort of front and center and very related to what we're doing with um, our, our work on Twitch. So we've brought in Snackless, who is also like very, very involved with charities. They can sort of teach us a little bit more about how that works, how to get involved, uh, I guess the ins and outs and uh, the inner working machinery of it, because I'm totally clueless when it comes to charities. Uh, Was have you ever done any charity streams before? I have not. Oh. Possibly in the near future. Consider it. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so let's get started. Uh, actually, where do we get started? Uh, is Extra Life the one charity you wanted to talk about, or is there other charities that's, uh, that are that are important to you that you, you put a lot of work into, Snack? Um, well, I so the first charity I ever fundraised for, I think, was Extra Life. Um, and then shortly after that, I fundraised a significant amount for St. Jude. And the reason I got involved with St. Jude is because um, the Destiny community raised um, a lot of money, thousands and thousands of dollars, and then surpassed um, millions recently. Um, for St. Jude in the United States. And so I've done fundraising for both of them now. Okay. So you've got the the two of them on the go. Mm-hmm. So before we get too ahead of ourselves, uh, Snackless, could you please give a brief intro of, uh, about who you are, how long you've been on Twitch, your, you know, current, uh, your current streamer situation, uh, and you know, what you're streaming now and where you started. Okay, that's a lot of info, but I'll try to wrap it up. So my name We've is Snackless, and um, I'm a Twitch partner. I've been on Twitch for four years, and I've been partnered on Twitch for two. Outside of that, I teach kindergarten full-time, so I've kind of got a crazy schedule sometimes. Um, I started on Twitch playing almost exclusively Destiny, and I played a lot of PvP. Um, and I played that for the better part of the first year and then slowly started to branch out. Um, these days I play a lot of different games um, for fun, which is really nice. So like I play Minecraft for fun. I've played Pikmin. I play um, The Sims sometimes. Um, other kind of farming games or relaxing games. Um, and then for a shooter right now, I've, I'm paying a lot of Apex as well as still some Destiny in the back end. Okay, I'd actually be really interested to talk to you about uh, Destiny in depth, uh, maybe at a later date. But is it um, is it because you're a kindergarten teacher and you work with other kids that you are sort of invested in these charities, or have you always been a very charitable and giving person? Um, I actually, I don't, I don't think I'd really, I'd done a lot of volunteer work, but never any for like children's charities. Honestly, like. It was kind of a fluky situation for both of them because I just happened to meet the volunteers for Extra Life at the very first Edmonton Twitch event I went to. And I think I was right oh. on the verge of getting partnered then. I can't quite remember, but I feel like it was about two years ago. And um, I think shortly thereafter I got partnered and they had invited Unsanity Live and I, Tom and I, to fundraise with them at K-Days. And um, we both said yes. And that was the very first time. And I literally just showed up with no planning and nothing and raised like $70 an hour. And that was my very first kind of hmm. sight into that. And then fast forward a few months later, 
I just randomly got an opportunity sent to me um, saying that I could fundraise for St. Jude for a Christmas event. And so I just on a, on like a whim out of nowhere, just decided that I was going to do that. And so I fundraised for St. Jude, um, for Christmas on the front page of Twitch. And that was actually my first time on the front page of Twitch wow. as well. And so oh, wow. they were both kind of like, um, fluky and then crazy successful. And what happened is it kind of just got the ball rolling. And after that initial success, and then watching some of my peers get the chance to go to Memphis and visit St. Jude, which I actually did this year in April, um, watching them do that and just watching the good that they did and just learning more about St. Jude and um, the work that they do kind of piqued my interest. I wanted to learn more because it's, it's a lot different um, in the States because they don't have the kind of healthcare that we do here. And so for a lot of families, um, treatment is not accessible whatsoever. And so that that, was really, uh, yeah, it was really, yeah, the charity work is crucial. Yes. Like it saves lives. And I mean, the research they do there helps us here too, because They're the lead, I think, um, on global research for children's cancer, which is crazy. So I learned more about that. And I just had more opportunities open up to me for charity. And um, every time an opportunity came to me, I just said yes. And every time I said yes, I learned more. And then we raised more. And so it kind of just got this ball rolling. And then um, before I knew it, I I had my own block on the Guardian Con charity marathon last year. And so at that point, then I was like, in it deep. So your first charity stream was at K-Days. My very first one ever, yep, was at K-Days. I believe it was two years ago with Extra Life on their channel. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I just remember showing up um, and them being so excited. This What I remember is them being like flabbergasted that somebody took time out of their day to help them. They barely had a Twitch set up. Like they had no overlay. They barely kind of knew what they were doing. And, um, I remember them being absolutely floored at that $70 hmm. and then it kind of just left me feeling confused actually. Cause I felt like I, like, I felt like it was just like, just the very tip, just the very touch of what, what it could be. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool because then, um, following up with them, um, I went to my first game day. And so then I think that would have been, that would have been my second charity or ser- third charity event. And so still like really knew, like barely knew what I was doing and just had like massive success there. And it was so, really cool because it really showed me like what what you could do with your community and what you can do um, when you sow into other people that they're so willing to give more. Huh. And so it was, um, it was really a really surprising experience and a really exciting experience, especially like the first time I fundraised for game day, um, I remember them being so excited from the summer and them inviting me and um, just the way that they were so excited to have our participation or, and um, just the excitement that we had and how successful we did our first year. All those things were really exciting. And I, um, I just got to meet more people, meet more kids, um, see kind of the impact that charity work can have and just what a dollar can do, what $5 can do, um, hmm. what those thousands of dollars can really truly do for kids. And so Based off of those things and the opportunities that kept coming, I just kept jumping on board with all of them. Is there, because I know there's a lot of people that are active with the the extra life here in Edmonton. Um, is there a difference in, I don't know, how it works or the success for like between somebody just doing a stream at home, maybe a 24 hour extra life charity stream at home versus, uh, I'm not even sure what it's called, a game day where people actually go 
all into one location and they all stream from the one location yeah. all together. So that's um that's an extra life thing. Um, so that is like its own event. So basically, um, like any charity, um, you can fundraise all year long. But what they like to do is really like hit it home. I think it's kind of close to the end of their fundraising season as well. I think that's why they do that. And so they have a 24 hour marathon. So basically like it's this like worldwide 24 hour marathon. And so you can sign up for um, extra life and then you can choose the hospital of your choice that you'd like to donate to. And then basically like everyone's going at it for 24 hours to fundraise as much as they can. Maybe it's on top of what they've already fundraised. For me, I only fundraise during those 24 hours um, just to see kind of where we can go. And, and that also allows me to free up my other time, um, to play other games, to raise money for other charities. Um, for me, there's a lot of work also outside of, um, streaming with kindergarten. So it just gives me, um, more of a free schedule, but yeah, anyone can do that. And it's just on that day. And so, um, I'm not really sure if there's a difference. They can either go in conjunction or be separate. Like it's totally your choice. You could fundraise all year and not go to game day, or you could fundraise all year, do game day from your house. You could be like me and you just do game day and you do it on site. Okay, I'm actually looking up the date for the next game day. I don't suppose you know when that would be. Uh, it's usually the first weekend in November. So is, that it what, is, it, is it the big event oh. that takes place in Western Mall? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. Ice Palace. Yeah, I've yes, November 2nd. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I've, like, I've been on Twitch now for over a year and there's been a lot of these charity events come and gone and I haven't participated in any of them. And I haven't done any charity streams because my channels are too small for that to be a real thing. Uh, so what I'm, actually, what I'm actually interested in doing this year is I'm actually interested in participating in this uh, November 2nd uh, game day because I think that would be... Uh, I don't know. A lot, a lot of fun. I don't know yeah. channel size is necessarily a problem when it comes to charity streams. I totally I, agree, Waz. Yeah. Did you know that some of the biggest fundraisers on Twitch last year for St. Jude were affiliates? I, I could see that, honestly, because I feel like once you kind of put the word charity out there, it kind of piques people's interest. They want to help, mm-hmm. right? So it's like... Yeah. So, I mean, certainly your channel size, I think, does have some sort of relationship, yeah. right? Because the more people you have watching, the likelihood of the more people being able to give a dollar amount mm-hmm. increases. So for sure, I can understand the relation, but I don't think that there's ever such a thing as being too small. Game day is kind of cool because you can also fundraise leading up to game day. You can say, hey, I'm going to be at games for 24 hours straight. Would you be willing to sponsor me? The money all goes to Extra Life. So you can get like people to pledge you up until the date. You could be like, I'm going to, can you give me a dollar for every hour I stream? Can you fundraise? Like, you know what I mean? There's so many different ways that you could do that. Um, And also so many ways to get involved. You know what I mean? Like just by participating and telling people that you're doing that, even if you didn't raise a dollar, you'd still be spreading the word. Okay. Um, And other than Extra Life, is there any other charities that do something similar? Um, Maybe not like their goal or what they're raising for, but how they raise the money. Is it yeah. other charities through Twitch? So, well, I guess they're not necessarily through Twitch because essentially you could fundraise for St. Jude or Extra Life really on in any way you want. Because you could, there are people who aren't on Twitch and they would just go to their friends, their family, whoever, and say, hey, I'm playing games for 24 hours. Would you sponsor me? The money goes to Extra Life. Um, and so you could really do that. Anyway, and I'm sure there are actually other charities as well. I'm just not sure. Like I haven't, um, I haven't pursued them or really looked into them, so I'm not entirely sure. But I do know other people. For example, fundraise for. Um, there's like a bunch of programs that help 
um, families find the right pet, like helps pets that don't mm. have a home. Yeah. So there's actually like a million different. Um, Speaking hi. of pets, we have a kitty in the background. Yes, we do. We need to start tallying how many cats we've heard over the uh, podcast, Jared. That cat is probably high as balls right it's now. It's not we have... that one. It's the other. Oh, oh okay. Cat. okay. It's okay. Welcome to the Empton Streamer Community Cast. Uh, what's the, what's the cat's name? His name is Max. Max, welcome Hi, to Max. the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sir, that was very distracting. Do you remember that's your okay? Uh, the end of my question? Yeah, I can't remember. Did I finish answering it? I felt like I had more to say, but <laughs> a kitty distracted us. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, well, I, like well, the question that I had was uh, other uh, charities and events that might not be through Twitch, but can be, uh, I guess, greatly can greatly benefit from streamers on Twitch. Oh, absolutely! I think any. I think honestly, like any charity would benefit from anybody spreading the word. Um, Twitch is just a great way to do that because it's easy to process those. Um, kind of those donations online. And also it's a great place where a lot of amazing communities are. So people, it's a place where people are already together, a place where a lot of people are already doing good in their lives and a place where um, you have influence over your community. So you can tell them and give them opportunities to support different um, charities that they might not know about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I had another question here, but yeah, was, did you have one? Uh, I was going to ask, how does one kind of start a charity stream? Like how does one delve into this world? Okay, so it does have a little bit of like preamble setup. So step one, you would sign up. So you would go to the St. Jude website, uh, um, the St. Jude Play Live website or St. Jude, and you would sign up to fundraise. And same thing with Extra Life, you would sign up. So that's step one. Then you can choose um, for Extra Life, like what hospital you'd like to fundraise for. For St. Jude, you can also join a campaign. So there might be like one streamer and their community all fundraising together, or it could be like one stream team. Um, recently, we all raised money through GuardianCon for St. Jude. And so that was another way that we did that. Um, so then you would sign up and you would fill out that um, kind of paperwork. And then the next step would be um, kind of linking it so that those donations and all of that hard work that your community is participating would show up on your stream. So there's a little bit of back-end work. Um, so just getting those alerts to show up. I will say that Streamlabs does an absolutely incredible job of integrating both of those. And so that's how I get alerts from both different charities to show up. They also have graphics and all these awesome things that you can add to your stream that kind of help you help you get set up. And then after that, you kind of can just hit the ground running. I mean, every charity stream is different. And so sometimes you want to have uh, incentives. Maybe there's something that people want to win. Maybe you just want to spread the good word about what you're doing and you just want to um, gain some donations. There's a million different ways that you could do that. Um, and then really after that, that's it. And then they keep track of it. Um, lots of them do have prizes as well available. So for both of those, um, a few fundraise during the play life season for St. Jude, which is the month of May, they send you um, quite a few different gifts based on what you fundraise. And um, you know, Extra Life does something similar with medals and t-shirts and water bottles as well. Actually, that's really closely related to a question that we received through Twitter. Uh, Ginsu asks... Uh, I mean, says that you you always find the best way to motivate people to donate. What is your process to determine what incentives will move people to donate? Yeah, actually, I wish I had the number down for you, but we raised, um, I think, $10.2,000 in four hours for St. Jude, which was like my highest charity 
fundraising to date in one sitting, which was crazy. And so um, when I knew that I got picked for that block, I wanted to know that I had done my very best to get my community motivated, engaged, and involved. And so what I always tell people is that you have to know why people watch you. If you really want to break it down on Twitch, you have to know why people would give you their time. What are they, why are they watching you? Is it because you're funny? Is it because you're the best? Is it because you're interesting? Is it because they just want to talk with you? And as soon as you know that you can really leverage your community, you can, you can really drive that up in your stream so you can focus on what it is that they want. So then flash forward that to charity streams. I knew what my community wanted. They wanted personalized, unique things from me. And so basically I kind of had to sit down and think, what makes sense to mail and send that is unique to my stream and to me that people would want? So I thought about those three criteria and I came up with some like really rad prizes. So um, some of my top prizes were like for my top three donators. I had a um, like a new snackless chibi made and I did mm-hmm. customized shirts for the top three donors and it said snackless loves and then your name and they were one of a kind. And they were never available again. And and so I paid for that graphic, paid for the shirts and mailed them out. Um, So sometimes there is, there's like, I will spend my money that I would have donated to Extra Life or to St. Jude to ramp up those prizes because then I know that I can get more money for that charity, if that makes sense. So when it was all said and done with the St. Jude stream, I'm referencing with that big charity block, I probably spent about 900 eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars on prizes, shipping, prep, like all of those things. Um, but that was totally worth it because we raised ten point two thousand dollars in four hours. So it was yeah. it was really finding things that would be unique that they wanted. Um one of the other prizes I gave away was a cup and it was like called a snack mug and it had one of my emotes on it and a cute little poem and then I stuffed it full of Canadian candy. So then like, hmm. basically I had the mug made, I shipped it to me. I took a photo of it. I put the candy and I mailed and th- put a thank you letter. And you know what I mean? By the time you do all those things and you have the graphic made and you send it out. Um, so that was another big thing. So I, what I did is I had different tiers. So at different amounts of money, they would unlock different things. So I always recommend having like tiers you unlock as well as incentives, totally separate. And so what I mean by incentives mm-hmm. are basically if you donate $20, every $5 gets you a ticket. So you'd get four. Because then someone who has $5 can still participate. They still get one ticket. But then somebody who would like to donate $1,000 can still do that. And then they know they have more tickets. And so then those prizes, I just made sure they were things that people like really wanted. Um, Another thing I came up with was I... I had my emotes printed onto Shrinky Dink and I shrunk them in the oven and I made one of a kind snack charms out of my emotes. And there was only one set (laughs) ever made. That's so cool. So those, so of course my community was just like they were so beside themselves excited and competing for all these amazing prizes um, that I had come up with that were totally and completely unique, never to come back again. It's almost like a limited time offer. Exactly. So really what I did is I kind of just leveraged what I knew they wanted. So that kind of brings us back to the same thing. Like, why are people watching you? What do they want from you? And then can you, Mm -hmm. can you leverage that? Can you leverage that for your growth, for your stream, for charity, um, to grow your community? Because if you know that, then you can really focus on that. That's good marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are a few other prizes in there too. Like even to people who are really skilled, maybe they want the same mouse as you. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe Ooh. you're a slayer in Fortnite and you use yeah. a final mouse, right? Because that's a very popular mouse right now. Okay, awesome. Maybe you can buy an extra mouse and you can raffle that off. I do that as well sometimes, like a tech raffle. Have you uh, considered like a snackless trick-or-treat bag? 
Um, I actually call them snack packages. Oh, those so, exist. Uh, yeah, it's like a little package of all Canadian snacks what? and my favorite snacks. And then I write a little note and then I raffle them off. I always raffle well, off a like, snack package for charity when we do an event. I was thinking like you can actually like make a little bag with like snackless on it. It's like perfect for trick-or-treating for when Halloween comes oh, around though. Oh, that's a really good idea. No, I didn't think of that. We'll write that one down. <laughs> Embroidered pillowcases. I have a pillowcase. It's on my <laughs> Three left store. <laughs> oh, it has okay. the Apple logo on it. Streamlab store does uh, pillowcases now. They Apparently. sure do. They've added a lot of stuff. I, I that actually, that I raffled one of those off too. So same thing, right? It was That's like funny. you can get a snack pillow with a giant Apple logo on it mailed to you. So same thing, just like those really unique things that um, yeah. people would use, find value in, and that would be special to our stream. Yeah, so le leveraging what makes you unique as a streamer uh, and using it to incentivize people to basically spend money towards the charity to get exactly things that they couldn't get otherwise. Yeah, and something that I don't do but has been very successful for other streamers is when they let them like kind of um, bully their streamer. You know what I mean? Like some people like to prank their streamer. So <laughs> people will be like, okay, every five... I watch this guy who's like, every $500, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to sit on eggs or I'm going to squish them like oh. all over my body. It was disgusting. Um, but that totally like worked bears. for him. Yeah. Like they loved it. Right. Or um, a lot of people also like to sabotage their streamer in their favorite game. So um, oh. a lot of people will play Fortnite and it's like every hundred dollars you can tell me to do something. So drop this weapon. <laughs> Sounds or like a good idea. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. So people Sounds really good. enjoy that as well. Like being able to influence their streamer. $500 Mozambique's only. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Um, my other question was going to be, uh, biggest challenges behind a charity stream. Um, I think the biggest challenges are really incentivizing people. Like, how are you going to get them to participate in your event? And how can you, like, how can you make people feel like they're a part of your event and your charity stream, even if they can't donate? Like, how can you make them feel like they're still a part of your community? They're still a part of what's going on. So that was their challenge for me initially. Um, mm -hmm. another thing I would say too, is like, it's kind of like, where do you draw the line with prizes? You know, because it'd be awesome if we could all give away like a brand new PC, but that's just like not plausible. Yeah. So it's kind <laughs> of finding the line of like, okay, these are the things I'd like to give away. And this makes sense for me and my situation and my community. And then these are things that are kind of like, not like not applicable for me. You know, that actually gives me an idea. Uh, given giving away a PC, if somebody is partnered through a other another company, say for example Memory Express, mm -hmm. would it be possible to? Uh, it, would it be possible for them to? I don't know, contribute or do something as a gesture, offer. I don't know, like a like a one for one. You donate this, we'll match your donation, or they put up a a prize to incent to help incentivize. Uh, donations yes absolutely through um, their partner and streamer yes i do that with them so that's oh, that's okay. a case-by-case -case scenario for sure because like is that in your contract right is that in something that you have right. set up and um that's something that i do have set up and so recently um, we had a charity stream for saint jude and i gave away a pa um a pair of astro a10s and so but that's that's a like a previously made arrangement but yeah for sure i mean whenever you have an idea you can always pitch it to somebody that you work with for sure and i would recommend doing that Oh yeah, because I mean, if you don't have, if you don't already have the the sort of stream infrastructure that you can give away, um, like branded merch or anything like that, then I mean, I think by that point, if you're able to work with a partnered um, 
like a company or something like that, you should be able to do that. But I mean, it's another option. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And something I leverage as well. I just know that, um, you know, even though it sounds flashy and awesome to give away like Astros or keyboards or um, mice, what I found is that even though they're interesting things, that's not what piques people's interest. Like they were excited to win that, but those really unique prizes or being able to influence the streamers seem to be ways that people were more willing to buy into. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, Where they're a sense of involvement. Absolutely. Yeah. Like winning a prize is super bad, but yeah, exactly. When you can involve your community in really anything you're doing, they're going to love it. Yeah. So um, angry Zellers TV shout to him. He asks, in terms of strategy, is it worth reminding people of your charity all year, or is there a greater benefit to having one or two big charity events per year to make them feel more special? Okay, so yeah, that's, I mean, I can really only speak to my experience on that. And so my experience is that I think it's better to incentivize people in a push of time. And so people will do that also for t-shirts, um, t-shirt campaigns, because they find that they sell more t-shirts when people know it's like a limited time deal. Charity streams kind of work similarly, um, just in the sense of like, it's special. So maybe somebody has like $5 to donate throughout the year. Um, is there really an incentive for them to do that? I mean, are you talking about that charity every stream? Like if you're not pumping up that charity, every stream, talking about it, every stream, all you have is like a banner. Are you really doing it justice? I feel like when you have a day set aside of the year or a month or a week or a weekend, when you have a period of time that's set aside for you to fundraise and you're telling your community about all the amazing things this charity does, about all the opportunities they create, the incredible things they do, and you have incentives to match what's going on, I think that it's going to be much more successful and it has been in my experience. I think certainly having a charity go all year round is awesome. But if you're not letting your community know what you're doing and giving them a reason to participate with you, I feel like um, you're not maybe maximizing what the engagement you could potentially get from your community. Yeah, it's it's good to know what, um, I guess, what tools you have available to you and what your your specific community is uh is more likely to respond to. Absolutely. Like, you know, your you yeah, know, your community yeah. best, right? Do they want tech things? Maybe they just want a raffle for a keyboard. Yeah. And maybe they just want to mess around with you. Yeah. That's the other make, thing to make your yes. life difficult. Or they just, maybe they just want to play games with you. Like that, I, That's yeah. also a good incentive. I'll be honest. The first person I ever subscribed to is because I can play video games with them. Yes. That so, happened yeah. to me too. Was yeah. when I was honestly, when I very first started out, um, people were coming to my stream to play destiny with me because I would actually play with them and they were like flabbergasted. But to me, it was no big thing. But uh, it's really else? interesting. Um, we have another charity question from uh, the Druis. Druis, I, I hope Drews. I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> uh, with numerous charities available, what was your process for picking causes to raise and support awareness for? I wish well, you said it, you just kind of fell into it. Yeah, right? I wish I had some really concrete answers to that, but I don't. Honestly, somebody gave me the opportunity to fundraise for the Stollery, and I took it. And then shortly after someone gave me the opportunity to raise for St. Jude fundraise for St. Jude. Like I just, it happened to go past me on Twitter and I thought I could do that. I love Christmas. I could do a really great front page stream. Like I got this and I just honestly gave it a go. And then once I did it and once we had so much success and excitement and um, you know, I was bought in my community, like community was totally on it. And once those things kind of fell into place, the decision was easy. 
Um, certainly there are other things like other areas that I would love to um, support on top of that. Um, like I'm a huge animal lover and I have some really weird favorite animals. And, um, you know, I'd love to have animals adopted in my name for my community. And there are other areas that I'd like to pursue. But I think sometimes it's good to focus on what you're doing and do a really good job and then continue to expand. Well, I guess any any sort of uh, charitable organization that has a donation link would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everything has a Twitch extension. You're right. Like, I mean, Extra Life does have a Twitch extension, uh, but there, there's, uh, there's a couple of charities that have extensions through Twitch, which would make it easier to sort of track donations. Uh, but any charity that you're interested in, I guess you could just shout them out on your stream, and that's if you just want to build awareness. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. So I'm actually looking at the uh, the list of extensions here under keyword charity, uh, and I'm seeing. Uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. There's Extra Life there. And Gamers Beat Cancer by Game Changer. And looks like Tiltify Donations. I'm not sure what that one is. But I think uh, with the success of Extra Life, I think we can... Well, with the success of Extra Life and the rapid growth of Twitch as a platform, uh, we can expect to see more charity-specific extensions um, show up uh, on the, the... I guess the, the creator creator settings or anything and then it'll be easier to sort of focus on uh i guess causes that are really important to you yeah like things that are really near and dear to you absolutely yeah but yeah the extra life is really uh on brand for the platform which is why it's it's taken off and done so well with this partnership uh so are you actually going to be are you going to the the game day event for the November 2nd this year? Um I actually haven't spoken to actually about that quite yet but um it is in my plans. It's on my radar coming up and I'm looking forward to the event so hopefully I'm able to participate again this year. Yeah, hopefully I can see you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be I'll be in school then. Uh, I have to see exactly what day that is but I could probably do that this year since I won't be working full time and I'll have more time to yeah, do that. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Honestly, so. when I do that event, I teach Friday and Monday and I kind of just gear up and um, get set up and hunker down and then sleep the rest of the day away. So my last charity question then is how do you like prepare for a 24 hour stream? Like how do you mentally, physically? Okay. So, I mean, the one thing I'm going to say about 24-hour streams is they are not good for you. They're not something that streamers actually recommend or that Twitch recommends or that people really say you should do. Mm -hmm. And outside of this charity event, I don't do 24-hour streams because they're not healthy for you. I mean, nothing is, nothing that forces you to like sit there and um, not take any breaks. Well, not take breaks, but kind of sit there and be you know, stuck doing the same thing for 24 hours is good for you. So um, ways that I prefer for that are making sure I get a lot of rest the day before that I'm like, I'm already ready to go and that I can just relax. Um, so that means like really being prepared with my charity things, being prepared with what my plans are, being prepared with how I'm going to move forward, those types of things. Um, I also have my hubby do my takedown and then set up of my computer setup. Um, not because I'm not capable of it because it takes a mountain of stress off of me. So it helps Mm -hmm. keep me relaxed. So then on that day I come in, like I sleep in a bit, I come in, I get like, everything's already set up. I always make sure I have like my favorite. Cause the other thing too, is I find it really hard to eat during 24 hour streams really hard. Yeah. 
initially it's not a problem, but when I get really tired, I'm done. I'm over it. I don't like, so I always make sure I have like my favorite snacks, um, lots of water, things that I know that I'm going to want to eat, you know? So you're going to want to have things that are good for you, but also things that you're going to want to eat. Cause there's no sense in packing all these veggies if you're not a veggie person anyways, because then after hour 12, you're going to be like, I don't want it, especially at hour 20. <laughs> um, And then I just try to stay relaxed. The other thing too, that I, I do during my stream is I just, um, I'm myself, but I kind of try to keep myself like within a normal range and not getting too excited when we start, because, um, I'm a very excitable person, but being completely, totally excited, bouncing off the walls for six hours straight when you have, you know, another 18 to go is maybe not the best idea. Yeah. Yeah, You definitely want uh, sustainable energy levels. Exactly. And then also just like, um, what I found too is the very first 20 of our stream I did was like almost all destiny PVP. I mean, well, that's not smart because it's absolutely exhausting. So, did you uh, so get like, burnt out of destiny after that? Like, honestly, I didn't actually at that time, but oh, okay. um, what I recommend too is just like having some different things you can play. So in the middle of the night, mm. I played something more relaxing because that makes sense because that's your kind of downtime. It's also yeah. nice for your viewers who are also trying to stick it out for their, for your 24 hour stream. It's kind of nice for them. You know, you're not screaming, you're, you're doing something more relaxing, um, mm-hmm. something maybe a little bit quieter. Um, but really, I don't do a whole lot other than I just make sure that I'm organized so that I can stay more relaxed during that 24 hours. And then during the 24 hour stream, I mean, lot, there's lots and lots of recommendations out there. But basically, it's like to get up, like just to get up, to go for a walk, to take a little break. Like it's totally okay. I um, you know sometimes the stream is we have a fear like that everyone will leave, but taking breaks is really important. And so, especially in a 24 hour stream, because um, sitting for a long time is not good for your bloodstream. It's not good for your body so just like get up move make sure you're eating make sure you're drinking go to the bathroom take it easy yeah start tired and tired stretch mm-hmm. stretch that's my strategy problem. i don't know about that strategy but we can see how <laughs> we can see how you fare <laughs> yeah so yeah no i'm looking forward to that it's on, a, it's on a saturday so you can sleep all day friday and be ready mm-hmm. to exactly okay uh, um so at these events, are there, do they provide anything or just, they just give you tables and you got to bring your own um, gear? Okay. So for most of the guests, so like 95% of the guests, you just get a table and you get one internet port, I think. Um, my situation is a little bit different because I usually am um, like a VIP guest of theirs. And so um, they, they try their best they can to accommodate me. Um, because usually I'm doing work for them. Like I, I hosted something on stream for them. Um, I did their Fortnite dance list for them. I streamed on their big screen. So kind of, um, to work with them they're they're really accommodating for me, but I think for your day to day, you just get one spot, uh, half of a table and one internet connection, I think. I really need to check this out. This sounds fun. Like I- it is. It's actually really fun. And there's um, lots of really cool things that go on too. So it's not just 24 hours of gaming. There's different things going on in the stage. There's um, mm. a onesie contest. There's um, They give you pizza at night Ooh. in the middle of the night. So they provide you with like one snack, I think. Yeah. Was that for everyone? Yeah. Last year, I think they had pizza for everyone. Um, and then they, they did have um, Just Dance in the middle of the night too. Like, so it got people up and moving yeah. to help them. Um, lots of really cool things, little prizes, little cool. Th- um, 
exciting things happening. There's like a board game section too. I think that people like get it. I mean, for me, I stream the whole time, so I'm not yeah. able to go join in on that. But for other people, like, you know what I mean? It's a 24 hour game a thon, but for you guys, I mean, if you're not live streaming the entire mm-hmm. thing, or if you're not trying to keep your, um, keep them engaged the whole time you could certainly take a break and go play some board games or go enjoy something on the stage or participate in a costume contest well as long as there's variety yeah uh, that would sort of help fill the time i mean if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again uh god i can't imagine doing destiny crucible for 24 hours straight it was insane i'm not sure i would recommend doing that again yeah no (laughs) All right. Uh, Is there anything open in the mall at that hour, like and no. midnight? Nothing. Not even at Tim Hortons. Oh, um, like anything for like a coffee or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they actually have any of the um, like no, the, the vendors. Tim Hortons, no, nothing's open twenty four hours. Um, as soon as Starbucks opened at like seven or what i literally was sitting at the bottom of the ice palace staring up at the starbucks like waiting for it to open and then i remember getting up and being like just a second and like literally sprinting up the stairs just to like get a coffee to warm up because the ice oh, palace be is so chilly nice. like this year oh, if yeah. i go i'm gonna bring like i brought a onesie i'm gonna bring like a parka a hat a blanket it's like when you go to twitchcon buy one of those onesies mm-hmm Exactly. Prepare yourself. Yeah. Roger, be prepared. I'm, you know, I might have to, uh, since I won't be going to TwitchCon, I'm actually going to, I'm probably going to see if I can get other people that buy stuff for me and then I'll just pay them back when they get back home here. Yeah, you can do that. Also, they do sell some of their things on Amazon as well. Um, sometimes they have like things that are only available at TwitchCon though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm in desperate need of a hat and a hoodie. <laughs> Yeah, get a friend. Bring something back for you. Or check um, Amazon. Jared's Jared's Uh, just looking at me right now. It's like, just do it for me. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I guess we can maybe shift the conversation from charities to like, um, I guess, balancing full-time job and streaming. Mm -hmm. So at yet to be denied is asked, what is it like balancing a full-time job and streaming? And what are some hardships that come with that? I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that balance of work and streaming, and you are truly an inspiration for being able to balance them both. Yeah, because I don't think there's a there's a lot of uh, partnered streamers that actually have full time real adult careers. Yeah, there's not. I do, and the so ones, you're in a unique yeah. position there. There's a few. Um, I actually take inspiration from like two other streamers, um, and one of them is Syntax Seven, and the other is Lulu Soccer, and they both work full time. Uh, Syntax works in a plant, and Lulu's a nurse. And so it's kind of similar, right? And and so, I mean, it's they really inspire me. Like they have dedicated schedules. Like every week they they let their community know um, because their shifts can change and shift exactly when they're showing up, exactly what they're doing. And every day without fail, they show up. It's kind of, um, truthfully, it's exhausting. You know, some days are more exhausting than others. Um, on a day-to-day basis, I try to keep it not totally exhausting. I try to keep my schedule kind of under control. What it looks like having two jobs basically that um, end up being full-time with that back-end work for Twitch is that it looks like your day is completely scheduled. And so any time that you kind of have at home where you get to like lay in your bed and relax, or you get to watch TV, or you can just come in your house and you don't actually have anything to do, that's gone. It no longer exists. When I was really growing my stream and working full time, um, 
I didn't take any days off from January to June. And I remember some days being just like absolutely exhausted and it was 7.45 in the morning and I was driving to kindergarten. And I just remember like turning on music that would pump me up and being like, you're going to kill it today. You're going to do it. And just like trying to will myself to move forward every day to be like, we can do this. And um, I, I will say that it takes a slight toll on your mental health in terms of not having the downtime. Um, because like, I feel pretty good on a day-to-day basis, but when you don't have that quiet time, that begins to take a toll. And so flashing forward to now, um, I've reduced my stream hours a little bit. And so I only stream like four days a week because it allows me to be more consistent. So I'm more likely to show up on those four days, then plan for six and then be exhausted and end up canceling more and more of them, if that makes sense. I also do more self-care now. Um, So I make sure that I go to yoga at least two or three times a week and I go swimming usually once a week. And so those things for me are relaxing. They like help me Mm -hmm. stay happy. They help me be me. Um, But I will say that even with that reduced, like the reduction in days that I stream, I still, my life is almost always completely scheduled. And so that is a little bit of a drawback because sometimes that means like missing out on things or saying no to things or not being able to go to things because really what you're doing on Twitch is working. Um, And even though it's so fun, it's amazing. It's like the best type of work ever it's still work and you still need to show up. You need to be there. You need to be consistent. And so some of the hard times you need a break things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then the other thing too is like, you have less time, right? So not, it's not just your downtime. That's your family time, your relationship time, your friend time. Um, so what I found by reducing my days ever so slightly is that I got those little times back that I wanted. And that was really, really important to me. And then I really just, um, I became kind of just like more aware and responsible with my schedule. It's so great when you have a schedule open and you don't have anything to do all day. I mean, that feels great. (laughs) But honestly, I will tell you that what feels even more incredible is like looking back on your week or looking back on your month and being like, wow, I killed it. Like I got up every day, I went to kindergarten and then I came home and I had dinner with my hubby and then I killed it on stream and I didn't miss it. And now look where we are Hmm. because the price for the price for success is different for everyone, but it's there. And it's kind of like a choice. You have to be willing to make a choice to have some sort of sacrifice. And um, if it's just your downtime and you're willing to give it a go, then that's awesome. But some people, some people, you know, it's different for everyone. Maybe they don't have as much downtime or maybe they work more hours than me, or maybe that looks different, but um, for sure, like missing out on things has been a sacrifice. Sleep, Oh my gosh, I used to sleep all the time before I was a streamer. And it's not streaming, really? it's more wow. like having two jobs, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if I if it was just streaming, I think I could still get the same amount of sleep in. But having two jobs and one of them being a streamer means like I sleep less. Not significantly less, but less. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's probably that's probably it. And honestly, the the benefits and the things that I've experienced as a streamer completely and totally outweigh all those challenges in my experience. So maybe you sacrifice an hour or two of sleep here, but overall, overall you're in the positive. I think so. But got, it, uh, oh yeah. it takes a while to get there though. I mean, like I've watched my friends and I'm sure you've seen lots of streamers talk about being totally burnt out. Well, of course you're totally burnt out because you know, in a normal job, um, there's like, there's some give or take, right? Like you go in, you have to take your hour lunch. You get two breaks a day, especially if you're working like 10, 12 hours, but streamers, um, I mean, it's like being a small business owner. 
you are completely and totally solely responsible for the success of your channel. And so sometimes for people, that means that they want to stream more and more and more and more and more and more until one day they realize they can't. And hmm. so, you know, yeah, we, uh, preventing that the, is the, quite tricky. Yeah, the our previous episode was all about burnout. And uh, it sounds like these, uh, the, a lot of the stuff that we mentioned then are things that you implemented yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's it's preventing... Uh, it's, it's preventing the burnout, but also enabling you to actually accomplish everything you need to in a day. Exactly. Um, and those small adjustments make a huge difference. Yes. So maybe shorten your stream by an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe all you need is an extra hour of sleep, and then you'll be all set, ready to go the next day to tackle it all over again. Exactly. And they these things tend to add up as well, right? So mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, maybe I'll just sacrifice one hour of sleep, and I'll get another hour of stream. Or uh, maybe I'll do this, or maybe I'll just take an hour, hour off, or I'll do whatever. Yeah. Those things tend to add up, but if you're disciplined, right, and if you have, if you're able to sort of uh, uh, Tetris your schedule together, so it's nice and nice and tight, and uh, every minute counts, then yeah, you can accomplish everything. Um, but as long as there's time for you know downtime, like you said, uh, yoga and self love and all that kind of stuff, because you need you need to get your energy back and you need to counteract all of these draining things yes, that you're like doing. Yes, like all the giving you're doing, right? You can't give you can't yeah. give all of yourself away and then not give anything back to you, right? Like feeding yourself those healthy foods, feeding your brain, feeding your body, getting that rest. Absolutely. Do um any like this is kind of random but like since you're a kindergarten teacher, do like any of these like the kids or the parents think know that you're a streamer? Like how do you keep that under wraps kind of? Um, yeah, I do keep it under wraps because to me, that's like my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, I like my principal previously, both my principals did know because, um, they gave me special, I don't know what you want to call it, but basically like special recommendations so that I could travel so much. Yeah. Um, so I just make sure I work really, really hard at school. And then, um, I keep that separate and I use my personal days and those allotted days that they've given me to travel. And then, um, this year, actually, I think, um, parents that I become friends with that I've taught many, like maybe they're, I taught their kiddos like four years ago and I talked to them now, or I know them personally, mm -hmm. or for example, one of them, I taught all four of her kids and she's my seamstress. And so I still talk to her. A few of those people know, but I try to keep them separate because to me, they are separate. And what I do in both arenas is amazing and awesome, yeah. but to me, aren't really meant to cross, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I keep like a really um, strict professional balance. No, definitely. That's, that's a good, that's a good way of thinking. When you were sort of planning out your career, was this part of it? No. Because um, you were like, yeah, I want to be a kindergarten teacher. You go through the steps to go down that path. And then you did... Did something have to give in order to make everything fit? No. Did you have to shuffle things around for the the real adult career side? Or did the streaming just kind of uh, form around the the career plans and the career That's plans exactly just stayed as they were? Yeah. So basically, um, somebody recommended that I try streaming. They thought I'd be really great at it. I was um, had quite good stats in Destiny. They thought it looked really impressive. They thought people would really like that. I said no. Then I thought about uh -huh. it and I no. thought I'll give it a go. I had just gotten my permanent teaching certificate. Like I was still brand new. And oh. um, yeah, it was only like my second year of teaching, honestly. And so basically it was the summer. So I streamed like crazy. Um, there was a lot of attention. It was really exciting, all new things. And then, um, then teaching came back in September, right? And so then at that point in time, streaming fell around teaching. 
And then slowly, um, I was like killing myself trying to do both things. And then eventually I kind of figured out like what that looked like together. Like, what did that mean for me? How was I going to make that work? I, with a lot of help along the way. I have so much help in my stream. I am so, so incredibly grateful and thankful for my mods and community members who just continuously, continuously give and support me with like creating videos, clipping things, doing backend work, doing all of my commands. Like they do, they do absolutely everything for me and the people that I've worked with for graphic design. I'm so, so grateful for their time, their effort, their energy. Um, so I have had a lot of help and I think that a lot of successful streamers have a lot of help as well too. Just like people in their corner cheering them on, people who are willing to support them, people who are willing to like lend a hand every now and then. It just makes such a big difference. Yeah, lighten the load a little bit. Uh, especially since you're working full time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we have so, another question. Wait, Jared, did you, do you want to say something? Well, yeah, just something really quick. I was just going to say that um, it it is really good that you're able to do this sustainably and in a healthy way because it proves that it is possible that in order to be a full-time streamer, you can have an actual career on the side, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that your career obviously can be primary, but you can do both. Mm -hmm. It is possible to do both. Yep. And if you are trying to do both and you're struggling, it's not because it can't be done, uh, but it, it just comes down to finding the right balance, uh, finding a formula that works. Um, and yeah, so I, mean, I guess that's it's good to keep in mind that uh, you're an example of it being done right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that because it didn't it didn't start out this way. Like I didn't just stumble into it and be like, wow, this is so easy. I can rest all the time and I am so relaxed. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I remember Yeah, like, no, no. It's yeah, it's a process. Yeah. It's it's gotta take a bit of polish to, to get Absolutely. where you are now. And oh I mean God. I will say that there were times where like the sacrifice was more. Certainly when I was um growing my stream really hard, I remember that period of time um where it was like a sacrifice every day. Like it was like by the time it was May and June, month five and six of just like extreme consistency and being so diligent, I remember it being really hard. Um and there are lots of times in your life where you kind of just um, you get the ball rolling and you kind of need to run with it. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, you need to be like that the whole time, but that consistency, consistency and being able to be diligent and consistent and um, just be there for your community when you say you're going to be there can really pay off in the long run. And sometimes um, a little sacrifice can go a really, really long way. Oh, yeah, it's a real exercise in uh, self-discipline for oh, sure. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> Should I lay in my bed and eat these chips or get up and stream? Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, streaming is not a real job, but, that, you know, if you look at, like, how much time and effort gets put into it, it's insane. Mm -hmm. I've, it's interesting um, in the entertainment industry how people will kind of throw that around, right? Yeah. Like, with acting or dancing or people who do um, – like shows on Broadway. Yeah, performance and entertainment. Yes, I always yeah. find that fascinating. I'm like, have you done that? Did somebody pay you to be on a stage? Did you, can you sing? I'm, like, like, like even being like, in, like the difference between being on stream and then being in person in front of a crowd is different, much different. Mm -hmm. but Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's both. So mm -hmm. I remember back uh, one of our meetups was like in December, we did a little partner panel and I was incredibly nervous. So it was like, this is not like a stream at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> But yeah. good to like good to push yourself and good to experience. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was awesome. 
Um, we have a question from Sean Constancio. I think I'm I'm bad at names. No, you got it, Constancio. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Okay. Um, number one is what is one thing you need to improve in your stream, or one thing you like to improve as a streamer? Okay. Um. Well, in my stream, actually, I'm kind of working on that right now. I'm kind of just fine tuning my transitions between scenes, fine-tuning those visual effects on my background, just really making sure that that suits my personality and that I'm completely in love with my setup, not just happy so with technical it. stuff. Yes. Um, absolute yeah. te- technical things are always a thing, right? Because you can always upgrade your mic, upgrade mm-hmm. your camera, get a better monitor. You can like, it's literally, it's never ending. You can get it. Like, there's a new graphics card. There's a new, like, there's a new PlayStation. There's there's always something there. So, I mean, that's kind of like an ongoing thing. But for me, the look of my stream is something I'm really fine-tuning right now and something I'm continuously working on. Yeah, and that's that's always very a very objective thing. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Because you could look at a stream and be like, I think it looks beautiful. Yeah. but um, And it's all up to you. Right. However, how you want to present However, yourself, right? I mean, haven't you seen a stream, though, that you've watched the transitions between scenes and you've seen their, like, be right back or they do something new for you and you watch it. And it's not that it's unique. It's more that you're like, wow, that looks amazing. You know, exactly. That's kind of what I'm looking for is, like, really, um, like, a clean, seamless transition um, things that make sense, you know what I mean? Like when you view, when you view a stream, like is where the streamer sits. Does that make sense? Where the game is like just kind of reworking that area. Um, and what was the other half right. of that question? Um, I guess uh, well, how you'd like to improve as a streamer. oh how I want to move. Okay, so for me personally, um, I something I'm continually working on is my engagements with my community. So, and this is a really tricky one because my chat moves really quickly. It moves always like there are hundreds of people in it, which is crazy. <laughs> because there are well, that's partnered streams yeah. right that's but they just they all have yeah, to deal that's with yeah. true it's just like no, the volume always. of people coming in to talk to you yeah. and so um sometimes it's really difficult to be playing a game to be reading your chat to be talking to people and then remember what they say um but for me that's something that's important and something that i continuously work on is so like when i get the opportunity to meet somebody in person i try to remember them and i mean obviously that's not um that's not 100 accurate but it is something that i do work on and something that i want people to know and understand and to really feel is that when I ask them how they're doing, I care. And even though I'm playing a game and I'm talking to a million other people, I still want to know their answer. So when they come to chat, yeah, a lot of people just want to be seen. Yes. Right? And so, and I want them to know that they are seen and I want them to be welcome. So even though you come to stream and you're just like, Hey snack, I want you to get a response and I ask you how you're doing. And even if you don't respond, um, I just want to make sure that I give you that opening, that I gave you a chance to tell me how your day was going. Because you know what I found is that when I first became a streamer, I found that there were so many people that um, came to stream and they spent time there because it was their only chance to talk to somebody who cared about them. It was their only chance in the entire day where somebody asked them how their day was going and really wanted to listen to them. And when I met people like that and I saw that we could offer that, um, it kind of changed my heart a little bit because it made me really realize that, you know, when you're on the street, you can see people who are maybe struggling through their day or struggling through a moment and you can lend a hand, but you can do that in your stream too. Despite being so far away from people is you can, you can give them another home. And that's something that I really have always strived to do. And it's something I want in my community to know is that to me, stream is a home and I want you to feel like yeah, you're welcome there. Exactly. You're welcome there. You're always welcome. And that you don't have to be a certain way or be perfect or um, mean a certain box that you can come and just be there. 
And so I'm just constantly looking for ways to make people feel more comfortable and improve like the way that I interact with people, the way my mods interact with people, the way my community is um, to new people, to old people, just kind of like, um, just like what does that look like to other people is something that I really have a focus on and something I um, think about often. Uh, well, Sean, he also had another question and it's uh, <laughs> how do you stay grounded and yourself amidst the beast we call Twitch. I yeah, as a as a partnered streamer, how do you stay humble? <laughs> I mean, I just don't think I'm that big of a deal. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like I just don't see it. So I don't. I mean, I guess it's because there are other the like you know even within partner streamers, it's just like a mm-hmm. massive, massive skew of people, and so. Um, you know, something I tell people is that, you know, they always have this push to get partnered. You know, it's like, it's going to be the be all end all of their life. They're going to make it when they're a Twitch partner. Their life is going to change. Mm-hmm. The heavens are going to open. It's not like that. Fame and fortune. Honestly. And the part, every time you get, you meet a partner, like they'll tell you the same thing. The work starts when you get partnered. Like you think, like oh, yeah. you think it was yeah, hard we're... to get partnered. It's It ain't like, easy street. Yeah. It's like, once you get there, it's like, it's even more. And yeah, so, like I think we were we were discussing that last meetup. It's like partners nice and all once you get it, but then the hill just gets bigger. Yeah, it's not and, even like it's oh. like you know, it's like you're trying to run up a mountain and you see like it's a flat thing and you're like, oh my god, yeah. I need it. And then you get there and you like realize that you're literally like a quarter of the way up and you're like, what? It's kind of like that, honestly. So I, I don't know how I stay this way. I guess I just really um it's just me being me every day and building a community. And I think no matter how many people that like, no matter what's on the number, it's still me with my community kind of just like doing my thing and being myself and just kind of, um, spreading the things that I think are important. So like spreading my values of positivity, of seeing the bright side of things, of working hard, um, the moral side of things where I like really encourage my chat to recycle and be responsible and just, um, have an, like have a happy footprint on the earth. Um, those things are important to me. And so, um, when you look at those things day to day, it's kind of, it's easier to stay humble because it's kind of like, what are your goals in life and how are you going to impact the people around you? And if you're having a positive impact on them and you're making a difference in people's lives and you're growing and you're being you, then like, to me, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I will say though, that I just got an invite to GamesCon. And so, I mean, I, sometimes things happen to me and I'm like, this is a little cool. You know, every now and then it hits me when I get invited to do something. And there's been two times that that happened to me where I was like, this is legit. Okay. Snack, you actually did something (laughs) cool. And that was my invite to Germany recently. And I'm sure it'll really hit me when I get there. Um, but to be flown out, like to another continent that's pretty rad um but the oh, yeah. very first time that happened to me was at twitchcon it was my first twitchcon as a partner and i remember showing up and they had this like massively long red carpet and i remember taking my plus one it was actually just someone from my community that i wanted to just spoil and we went into the queen mary and it's like this giant haunted ship and there's all these haunted mazes and it was super fun but the thing that was crazy is that they have this swing right there you guys all know swing right at like k days right you get on it spins you and lifts you up so you can see yeah. oh yeah yeah. there's a swing ride so we get on the swing ride and i'm with all my friends i'm with like dado and i'm with like everybody's there i'm with my guests that i brought and all my friends and i remember looking and the crazy thing about this queen mary party is that they let all the partners go in an hour early so i'm sure that those fairgrounds are meant to hold like thousands of people but there were like a couple hundred in there 
And so can you imagine like a place where there's supposed to be like thousands and thousands of people and there's like nobody? Like imagine going to K-Days no and lines. it being completely deserted and it's just for you. Huh. It's like a dream. It's like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and I just remember looking at this and being like, holy smokes, you did it. Like you did something cool. Like, look at this. You're literally with all your friends, the coolest people on the planet. And this is like all for you. And it was like such a surreal moment. Like I just, I remember it being so crazy and I'll never forget it. There's been a few moments that stream has been able to give me that are like stuck in my heart and my mind forever. And that's like, Mm-hmm. for sure one of them like and even attending like the destiny to reveal in la it was like a red carpet event like moments like Ooh. that to me are just like in my brain ever imprinted of being like wow this is absolutely incredible and that's really a gift that stream has given me yeah big big important moments mm-hmm. yeah um all right i think we're about an hour in but, uh, um, we still we still have like, a question or two yeah, uh, I think yep. um, Brandon Barham here asks, uh, kind of, I mean, back to one of our other questions is, uh, how do you like fit a full-time job with streaming? Like, How do you manage that schedule-wise? Um, so just basically dedication. So you honestly, you look at your work schedule. So for, I mean, like I mentioned two other partner streamers who have like shift schedules. So I think it's the same for them. You look at your schedule, you're like, when's my free time? Okay, how long does it take me to get home? Do I need time to eat? What does that look like? And then how much of my time am I willing to sacrifice? And then you kind of just, you kind of mash that out, right? And you figure it out. Like how many hours can I give? And, you know, sometimes I feel like streamers like to overestimate. I was like, oh, I can give like five hours a day on top of working. No, I can't. (laughs) It's not possible. Because by the time you, you know what I mean? Especially for like lots of streamers, they're wearing makeup or they're changing their outfit and they're trying to get ready and do like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you only really know once you actually try doing it. Absolutely. And And you're like, yeah, yeah. I can't do five hours. (laughs) Exactly. So that's kind of what happened is like I started trying things. It didn't work. And I kept adjusting it until it did. It's also it comes down to priorities as well. Yes. Um, So some things have set schedules. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's school. Um, And since since your stream schedule is yours, you that's usually going to be further down the priority list that you can move your stream schedule to fit other things that can't be moved around. Like I just finished making my schedule for uh, my, my school schedule for the uh, upcoming semester. Mm -hmm. And while making that schedule, I kept in mind the possibility of streaming and also the possibility of uh, having a part-time job. And if I get a part-time job, I hope I do. um, I'll, I will fill a lot of those gaps with that and whatever's left over stream. Exactly. It's kind of like a puzzle that you're just, you're just putting together to fit you best. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's best to not make too many sacrifices as well, because mm-hmm. uh, like, again, sustainability is key. If you're go- if you want to fill your plate with a lot of stuff to do, you're gonna want to be able to do all of that stuff without uh, burning out, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. I think uh, we'll walk on to our uh, final questions here uh, from the legendary One Cabal. He asks, uh, will you ever talk to one cabal for more than 20 seconds? No, just kidding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just kidding. I would love to chat with you again. We didn't get to talk as much at the meetup as we kind of Yeah, I was sad. Too, so. You kind of skedaddled a little bit too quick. I know. But, I, mean, I was sad about that too. Uh, but next time, we'll just have yes. to pull up his own chair and put it's, a big balloon on it that says cabal so he knows it's for him. And would. then we'll time 30 <laughs> seconds on our watch and then move the chair. 
So we'll, we'll need to create <laughs> Cabal Con. Exactly. Just kidding, Cabal. Cabal. We love talking yeah. to you. Yeah. We're sorry. We missed it. Uh, but he fun. actually has a, an, an actual question, I guess. Oh, he has a legit one. I didn't Yeah. Know. Uh, what, what was it like growing up into video games? Oh my gosh. Amazing. My dad taught me how to play video games. Yoshi's Island Super Nintendo. Um, that was my first experience. And it's obviously like the greatest game ever. So what a great way to learn games. Um, he introduced me to video games and then I kept playing them and I just couldn't stop. They're so fun. So great. I remember um, my family not being very well off when I was younger. And I remember my mom, like Pokemon having been out and Game Boy been out for a while. And me not ever getting a chance to play, but obviously knowing a lot about Pokemon. I didn't even have a Pokemon. I had one Pokemon card that someone had gifted to me because Ooh. I couldn't afford to have one. And it was my favorite Pokemon. And I, I'm not sure to this day if it was my favorite Pokemon or if it was my favorite because someone gave it to me. But it was an oddish. And I remember my friend ever so generously giving that to me. And it being my only Pokemon card. And I remember my mom going to this garage sale and somebody selling their super old, chunky, fat Game Boy. And her just like sneaking it to me because my sisters would always tease me. And playing it like super late into the night in high school. Like ages behind everyone else. <laughs> but just being like stoked out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's Growing awesome. Growing up with was amazing. Yeah. So I played a lot of games kind of here or there. Um I played like Knights of the Old Republic when I was in high school and that was like totally not my normal thing, but for some reason I loved it. And then um, my husband actually taught me how to play first person shooters right before Halo 3 came out. And that's what basically started my journey of being like really competitive and really into games um, because I was absolutely terrible. I'd never played a game that had two joysticks and I couldn't even like walk. I couldn't eat, like, I, I just wish that there were clips of it because I was like shuffling <laughs> side to side and I'd be looking too high and I'd run into things and I'd fall off the map every day. And, oh, that's perfect. Um, you know. Yeah, that's a, lear that's a learned skill being yeah. to walk with joysticks. Absolutely. And then going from that to being like, um, like a top PvP player was like quite the journey. Um, but yeah, it was amazing growing for video games. I'm so grateful for the wow. experiences I had and the friends I had that like shared their consoles with me or let me play games at their house. Um, you know, when I didn't have that access to, to games and, um, one of my dear friends, like my childhood friend, she had a Sega Genesis, which I never had. And just her just being like so open to playing games with me, you know, whenever I wanted to, and just, um, just lovely friends growing up, just allowing me to have those experiences. So, uh, what kind of games are you looking forward to uh, right now? Mm. Yeah, is there anything on the horizon yeah. that you're uh, well, looking forward to other than Shadowkeep? Yeah, I was just going to say Destiny. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what else am I excited for? I don't know. That's a do really you good primarily question. Look, do you look forward to um, other sort of PvP uh, cooperative competitive games? Mm. Or do you play a lot of solo player stuff? Okay, that's interesting. I mean, that seems to be your yes, bread and butter right now is. is the stuff that you, so, you play with other people. But I think that's from streaming. So, you know, like yeah. when I play um, shooters, I play with my favorite team and then I'll pick up people so they have a chance to play with me. And even though that's fun, that's still like work for me. Like laid back gaming for me is like things I play by myself or things that I play with like just one person because it's less stressful to me. And so that would be things like Nino Kuni, right? Where I can just like, um, mm. same thing, Pikmin. It's just like, I'm working through the story calmly. I would say Sims, right? Same thing. I'm working through the story calmly on my own, like enjoying it. So games that I play like that, I think that I gravitate towards them because they're my relaxation game for stream. 
Okay. And I think that's kind of where that came from. Um, Because before, I never played any of those games. Well, I I played a few here and there. I played a little Big Planet. Maybe it is my bread and butter, and I just didn't know it until now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you see yourself ever playing a first-person shooter that wasn't competitive? Or didn't have any multiplayer? Mm, uh, No. um, Component to it? I don't, I need to shoot people. Okay. Like the dregs oh aren't cutting it. Like, right. I don't know. I really enjoy it. Like I like it so much, honestly. Well, other games like uh fallout, for example, mm, I've never played it. That, like it, I've seen people play no. it and I just don't know that it like super appeals to me. Like our friend Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom's really, really, he into, is it. really into it. But, uh, cause I, I, cause I know there's, um, there's a game coming out. That's that was made by Obsidian, who sort of are the initial developers of Fallout before Bethesda took oh. it over. They also helped develop uh, Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Uh, they have a new game calling out called the uh, Other the Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and that's a first person shooter RPG. Huh. But I don't know if that's something that Snackless would be into. Hmm. Sounds interesting. You should link me. And I can check it out. Sure, I can link you to that as well as uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which I think is third first first person. Oh, but well. everybody knows what Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, Keanu Reeves, breathtaking. <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves, the excitement. <laughs> okay, well, um, we got a lot of information out of Snackless, and that's uh, why we brought her here. So, I think we'll wrap it up now. Um, yeah, so thank you so much, uh, Snackless. So you are our first partnered streamer that we've had on the podcast mm-hmm. here. Really? Thank you so much for taking wow. time out of your busy, busy schedule. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, partners are are tough to get a hold of. I can see that. Surprise, surprise. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was surprised Snackless was our first considering how on the go she is usually. Actually, I have, yeah, done a significant amount of travel this year, which has been super exciting, but yeah, so, it does leave my schedule. We're very crazy. happy to have you as our first partnered streamer. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an oh, honor. Yeah. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. And I, I would love to have you on uh, at some other time to talk more about uh, Destiny uh, or even just live service uh, games in general. Yeah. Because I would like to really have that discussion, really get into it. Um, because those are, that's something that the industry will continue to be doing and those kind of games will continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd I love to there, chat. There's a lot we should of totally chat, chat after um, Shadowkeep comes out. After, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow, 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 shadow Keep. Shadow Keep. It's Shadow Keep. Shadow Keep. Shadow Keep. Okay. I was like, did I uh, say okay, that? Right. Thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and also like November second is a Saturday at West Hampton Mall. I look forward to seeing you there. I would uh, really like to get involved in that, um, and hopefully, I can. Hopefully, I can before then build up my own stream. So when I do these uh, this charity event, that there's more eyeballs to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I mean, don't be afraid. That's to, something like, that you can people let can other do. People know. Right? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Outside of stream, just be like, I'm playing video games for 24 hours. Like, even tell your friends. Like, maybe you could pop in and donate, or maybe you could support me beforehand. Absolutely. Like, launch your campaign before and like let everybody know. Yeah, so it's not a surprise. Exactly. Be like, surprise! I'm going to be up for 24 yeah, hours. Exactly, because then even like. Um, you know, when you have a donation goal, even when it's small and it started, it just it gets people really interested. It shows them that it's possible. It really fills belief into them. 
Um, so yeah. it's great to get it going a bit before too. And there's, yeah, there's a few months to go. So if anybody's interested in uh, participating in that, whether they actually go to Wested to do that or just do it from home, mm-hmm. uh, now's a good time to actually bring uh, bring attention to the event. Absolutely. And, Sign uh, up and let plan. people know that what your plans yes, are. I, like, honestly, when I'm planning for a charity event, like, it it requires some time, some thought. Um, oftentimes I'll go to my community with some initial ideas. I don't like to spoil the surprises, but I kind of like to get a feeler on what they're thinking, what they want, what they're interested in. Um, something that yeah. I absolutely recommend you do because then you kind of know what direction you can go as well. Yeah. And sometimes you need the, some extra time in advance to prepare some of those incentives that we mm-hmm. talked about. Absolutely. And those things, a lot of times those things can't be just, they can't be ready in a, in a week or so. So it's, it's a good time to, think way ahead of time make sure that you're totally prepared mm-hmm. uh and also it would be give yourself time for training so you could survive 24 hours awake some people would need to get acclimatized to that mm-hmm. so uh we'll be in touch uh with you as i'd like to have like i said have you on the podcast again here uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention or bring attention to before we let you go um i don't think so i'm just so grateful for the opportunity oh. and thank you so much for having me yeah. So your social media stuff is snackless, everything, everywhere. Yeah, actually, um, it is snackless on Twitch and on most of my profiles, but on Twitter, it is I am snackless. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Someone took my name. Okay. I believe that's everything, unless Waz had something really important to throw in the last. No, minute. I'm good. Didn't think so. Okay. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Yeah, and we look forward to uh, having an episode for you again in another two awesome. weeks. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.